Hi guys. I um I can't believe I'm making another podcast this soon, but I thought maybe I would try to start making them a little bit make a little bit more of them throughout the week. Um maybe shoot for a few of them. I um I wanted to tell you some things that was going on here. Um <laughs> my son was I had to work yesterday and my son, my whole family is sensitive, like we all are. And so I went to work and Tristan was here by himself yesterday and he's 15. So he's old enough. He's almost 16. And I only work like four hours a night right now while I'm running around in the streets. And we have just been absolutely just slammed. I mean, so busy with the ice cream truck business. And so, um, he stayed home by himself. I wanted him to go to work with me, but he didn't want to go. And um, sorry, I'm I'm tired here. So I'm, I had a really long day. So I'm kind of like slow talking. Um, so I was out in the truck and or in the bus and I, and then about probably around eight o'clock, I was, I was out kind of in an area. I usually stay around the house where he's, where he's close to me. I don't like to go out very far. I like to stay really close to him. So I've been kind of like, I really have neglected all my other areas that I used to do so I can stay close to Tristan because when he's home alone, because he's the baby, he's the last kid. So my house was always filled with all these other people when the other kids were growing up because they all had siblings and everybody. And now Tristan, it's just kind of like me and him. And Matt is kind of, you know, he's here and he's, he's not really here a lot. So it's basically just us. So when I go to work, he's here by himself a lot. And, um, you know, we have neighbors. I mean, we've got our cousins live right next door and the chief of police, ex chief of police lives right across the street. I mean, he's really close. And then, um, it's right across a road actually. And then, uh, the other, our other neighbors are on the other side. So we've got, I mean, he could just yell out a window and they would hear him because they're always outside. I mean, these people, our, our neighbors literally live outside. So it's pretty cool in a way. So if he needed anything, man, they're right there. Um, but on that note, he calls me at eight o'clock and he says, mom, are you okay? And this, you know, typically he only does that when it's later, like when it's like nine, nine thirty. if it gets to be a little bit later, it's, you know, then, and I'm closing up or I'm on my way home from somewhere. He usually, you know, does that if I haven't really talked to him in a while. And so this time he did it earlier and I was like, okay, that's not like Tristan to call me at eight o'clock, you know? And so I kind of knew my sixth sense with my, my mother's sense or whatever kicked in. And I was like, I know something's up, but I didn't say anything. I just kind of waited for him to say something. Usually I would pry it out of him, but, but, but I don't know. I just, you know, thought maybe I'll just, you know, see what he does. So I called him back. It was like about around eight thirty, And I said, I'm fine. I'm on my way home. And cause I was actually on a back road that, that night or last night. And usually I'm around the house. And this night I was like, I, w- I just kind of went off a little bit on the back roads, but the back roads are still close. Like they're only, it's like five, 10 minutes away where I was at the most. Like it's, it's, it's pretty quick. Um, so, uh, so I, so he said, okay, cool. And then I said, you know, I was going to run to Wegmans real quick and see if, you know, if, if he wanted to go with me, cause I kind of felt something was wrong. And I was like, if he's scared for some reason, then he would want to come. And he said, no. And I was like, okay, so then he must be okay. So I went, you know, I went to the store and I picked up some things and I came back home and he comes down later and he says, you know, um, he says, something happened, you know, that was kind of upsetting today. And I was like, what's going on? And I just was like, I knew it. You know, I didn't say that, but in my mind, I was like, I knew something was off. And, um, and he goes, he says, um, 
when you were working, he said it was like, I don't know, maybe like around seven o'clock. He said, I saw you standing like your reflection in my computer. And he, he has like a bedroom and then across the hall from his bedroom is a, is a computer room. It used to be my office, but I gave it to Tristan for his computer room. And it's, it's back in the, like the farthest place of the house. And this kid, I don't know how he does it. Cause I cannot stay in the house by myself. I could never be upstairs in that back area alone. If I were here alone, because I get so bombarded with, uh, feelings and spirits and, you know, all the vision, like not visions, but like they, you can feel them and you can like sense them and you can sometimes hear them and even catch glimpses of them. And I get really bombarded with them unless somebody's in the house with me. I can kind of, it, it's like my way of like drowning it out. It's my buffer, you know, and then I can kind of tune them out. But when I'm alone, oh my gosh, it's just a nightmare for me. It's awful. And, um, but this kid does it somehow and he's aware of them. He's aware of how active our, our house is and he still doesn't seem to mind it. And he's still, and he's in that back area and he's playing his, you know, stuff and he's alone in the house. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? So, um, but he's older, he's got weapons, you know, like I said, the neighbors are right there. He's got his phone. I'm like five minutes away, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool in that way, but still, it's like, you know, he's still in the house alone. We live in a big house. It's it's not small. Um, <clears throat> so uh, he says that this being, whatever it was, he said it had a frown on its face and it just stood there looking at him. And he thought I was home and he whipped his head around and I wasn't there. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I get so angry when they mess with my kids. I get so mad. And, um, he said he didn't know whether it was an actual reflection on the computer monitor. It wasn't the monitor. It was like, he has a side of his tower and it's shiny. It has a reflective surface and it lights up and stuff, but it hasn't been lighting up lately, but it, it still reflects. And he said, it almost looked like this being was inside of the the tower looking out at him and it was like tilting its head and frowning like tilting its head out to look out or maybe it was standing in back of him and it was a reflection and it was tilting its head to get his attention and I got so mad I was like I just felt like I just I wanted to kill you know I didn't get I didn't do anything I was gonna just what I wanted to just march right upstairs and start pleading the blood of Jesus and that kind of stuff. But I thought, you know what? I asked him, we talked about it. I said, are you comfortable being in this house? Because really right now, I want you to come to work with me when I go to work. I said, I don't even want to leave you here. And he said, he thought he would be okay. But I was like, you know, I'm super close if you're not. And he said, yeah. So I can always just literally stop whatever I'm doing and just run right back to him and pick him right up. And it would take a couple minutes. And, or he could just walk out of the house and go to our, you know, the neighbors, like our, our cousins or whatever, you know, and oh my God, even my aunt lives right around the corner. My uh, brother-in-law lives right around the corner. My other brother lives up the road. I mean, our whole family is around here. It's really cool. I have a really good friend who lives right around the corner up the road. Like our whole family, it's not, not every single person, but there's a whole group of us that live right here around the same area. So that's really cool. It makes me happy. Um, but he just seemed kind of like 
he almost seemed like, you know, he would want to go to work with me. And then today when I woke up and he got up, you know, and he was helping me stock and doing certain things, he just seemed, he was like, I'm, I just want to stay home. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's hot, you know, and, and I'm just kind of tired. I woke up and he's like, I just want to stay home. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be right around the house. Like I'm literally like over like a couple streets over and he's like, okay. And, and so he was fine. And, uh, he stayed here and he was okay. You know, and he said there were no incidents tonight, but he did play. I told him he had to play the Bible on YouTube on the TV downstairs, kind of loud, not too loud, but just enough that, you know, make the entity as uncomfortable as you possibly can. If they're going to make you uncomfortable, then you return the favor and you make them uncomfortable. It doesn't mean they're going to go away, but they're sure not going to like to hear the word of God being read in the house. I can tell you that right now. And so he did say that last night after he saw this, he started to pray. He said at first he didn't, but he thought something happened to me. He said he thought because he's heard stories of people dying. And then all of a sudden the spirit shows up to a person that doesn't know they died. And he was scared. That's why he called me. He was like, you know, my God, what if something happened to mom? And that was her spirit, you know, and it really, it upset him. And the, and the thing that upset me was I didn't get to my phone immediately because I was talking to one of my customers. So I, I didn't immediately pick it up, but I did pretty quick. And I called him back and, you know, usually I would just run right home, but he just kind of didn't show any signs of needing me at that moment. So I was okay. I was trying to feel him out, but, um, I'm really protective with my kids, super protective. Like I'm talking, like I slept with my kids when they were little all through until they were like older, you know, even the girls I still slept with when they were older because I was always afraid of fires and kidnapping. You know, I was always afraid of something that could happen. And even now, like my grandchildren I sleep with, like I'm just really, I have to be right there with them. And even with Tristan, I'm still really protective with him. Like the first time he took a walk by himself was just a year ago. And I literally was in the car secretively watching him driving around the neighborhood with him, just checking him out, making sure he was okay. Cause I was worried he might get lost, you know, or get frustrated or something could happen. And I thought I at least want to kind of monitor him to make sure he's okay with his first time. And he was, you know, so then I was more comfortable with him going off on his own and stuff. But he's like, Tristan has a different kind of personality. He's like a baby. He's, he's, um, he's never been in school. I mean, he's been in school, but he's been like, you know, mostly homeschooled. And so he's really, he doesn't swear. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't get into all the crap. Uh, all the peer pressure didn't, it didn't alter his personality or change him. He's a really genuinely innocent, good human being. He's a very good person. And a lot of that's because we kept him away from other people's kids that weren't good kids, you know, not that they're bad people, but they just get lost along the way, usually from things that they see or watch or other kids or grown adults. Like, you know, you put your kids in with other kids that are in a bad home life. And a lot of times they influence your kids. So, um, because of him being home, he's been a really just an amazing person. He acts like a, like a, he acts like a grown man. I mean, he's just incredible. The strength he has inside of him amazes me because, um, he just, I mean, he's so mature and he's so just like yesterday. He's like, I'm fine. And today he was like, I'm okay, mom. You know, he's really mature. He's got a deep voice. He's real tall and big. You know, it's just weird because he was my baby and now he's he's grown into a man now. He'll be driving this year. So it's it's crazy. But um but I still look at him like he's my baby because he's just he is such an innocent soul, you know, and it worries me. Um so 
that was one thing. And then tonight, my daughter calls me. And I don't know if you guys remember, but last, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to you about my granddaughter. She was in the house here. And she had an encounter of something. We're not sure what. But she came, there was this room we have in our house that's really active. Everybody feels a spirit. And I'm kind of going to reiterate this story again, just so you know why I'm telling you. You'll know why I'm telling you this when I tell you the other part, what happened tonight. Um, and this is for other people that haven't caught this yet. Um, Levi, Levi and Blair have a playroom off of the kitchen. That's really, it's just a spooky room. You can always feel something standing in the doorway for some reason. And the whole family feels it. We can all feel it. Um, there's, we've seen shadows in the room and her voices and just really, in fact, Tristan used to have his computer room down there and I used to feel really uneasy leaving him home in that room for any amount of time. I used to get really weird about it, you know, cause I was like, God, this is just crazy, you know? Um, so Blair comes running out screaming. She literally flies out into the kitchen. Never done this before. This kid was scared, like crazy scared. She literally flies into the kitchen, falls on the floor after she bounces her head off the table and just lays there under the table, just screaming, just hysterical. And she's scared and she's pointing at the room and nobody had been in the room with her. Levi had left and he was, we thought he was in there. He was, he actually went out into the recliner and he was on the recliner watching his movies and so Blair went in the playroom by herself for a few minutes and it's right around, like, we're right there, you know? So we're like, okay, we're right outside the, the, the room, you know, we can see it. I mean, there's no door that shuts. <clears throat> so, uh, she, she's hysterical. And then this is the night that the same night that both my daughters were here. Tressa was spending the night. Chandler was visiting. She was standing in the doorway of the playroom and she looked down and started to pat the little head that was beside her thinking it was Levi because it was a little boy with dark hair and she started to pat the head and her hand went right through it. And Tressa saw the little boy too. Tressa was sitting at the table. Chandler was in the doorway and she reached down, saw the little boy, thought it was Levi because it was dark hair. And then Tressa was looking at the boy wondering what was going on because Levi wasn't wearing these clothes. She was like, at first it didn't register to her. Cause she glanced at him and was talking to Chandler, but didn't really absorb that, you know, what the little boy looked like. Cause he kind of had his like face to the side a little bit. And she said, then she realized that he wasn't wearing the right clothes and he disappeared. And then they went, they were like both freaking out. I didn't see it where I was sitting was like, it was blocked away from where the, I, I, I couldn't see that part. So, but I was sitting right there and I was watching their reactions and I knew they were genuine and they both said the same thing and it was whack. So tonight, uh, Tressa says she's calling me and saying, messaging me on messenger said that she wants to, or I told her I was going to pick her up because she told me she wanted to come home this weekend to stay. And, and Blair always runs around saying grandma's house, everything's grandma's house, cadet, everything. She says it over and over. And Tressa said, okay, do you want to go to grandma's house and she tomorrow? And Blair says, no. She says, I want to go today. She said, but grandma's house is scary. And I'm just like, what? And she said that a couple of times. And then later on, she had a couple more conversations with her mother where she said, grandma's house is scary. There's a dragon. And my mind went back to the only time that she was really scared here was that day 
she was in the in the um, playroom and she came flying out of there. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's another story I told about my sons that were in the bathtub when they were three and four years old. They were wet. They used to play in the bathtub every night. They were fine. I ran downstairs. I never did this. Ran downstairs for a moment. They didn't even know I went downstairs. I went down to grab something. They come flying down the stairs, both of them sopping wet, no towel, bubbles all over them, screaming and crying, saying there was a wizard in the bathroom. And I said, a what? And they were like, a wizard. I believed my kids. When my kids said stuff, I believed them because of all the encounters I had as a child. And I said, well, what did it do? And they said, it flew out the window. And they were screaming. And I said, well, why are you guys so upset? They said, it said it was going to kill us. So in this house used to, like, toys would go off under the bed. Um, we would hear stomping, walking around when nobody was there. We would check everything, like, walking. Like, I'm talking heavy footsteps. So this stuff this stuff went on. So my point is, um, these, these creatures present, I looked this up, to children as mythical creatures. That's their big thing that they do. They'll present themselves as other, a lot of times they like to present themselves as, as children to gain sympathy from adults or they gain playmates from children that learn to trust them and then they can lead them into their demise or they present themselves as, you know, dragons, wizards, fairies, all this stuff. And that's what they look like to these children. And it was weird because Blair had, um, she the night that she came flying out and then we saw that little boy, I thought, well, my God, what if she saw a dragon? It was a demon that transformed into a dragon and then transformed into a child and then it disappeared. You know, maybe, maybe with Levi, it's a child playmate because he's autistic and with Blair, it was a dragon. So it's upsetting. It, it, uh, doesn't make me happy. I'm, I'm not, doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies in any way. To know that, you know, these things are doing this. But, I mean, this is a new, I don't know if you guys know this, but the paranormal, like, people that have become parapsychologists and stuff like that, gotten into the paranormal realm, they call hauntings of houses. They're teaching these classes in college, guys. This is how real this stuff is. They're teaching these classes, their college courses about the, paras, you know, paranormal and parapsych parapsychology. That's being taught. In, in college and they're calling hauntings the new parasite or the new what would it be considered pest it would be a pest like termites rodents you know cockroaches the new pest is uh demon spirits you know poltergeists all the stuff that's going on that's what they're calling it so that's how crazy this is getting and it's getting, you know, you'd say that, oh, all these people have lived here on the earth and they've passed away. So there's more souls. No, I don't buy it. I think that, you know, when people die, God says we have one life. And deep down, I believe that, you know. Um, and they just, they these demons, they get in there and they use people. They present to people, you know, as their mother, their father, their loved ones. They use their voices. They know our minds. They can read everything about us. They're much higher beings and they know exactly, you know, they've even been around us. They could have been with us our whole lives. They say that we're born and when we're born, we have 
three demons that are assigned to us and we have an angel or more that walks with us to protect us. So there's a constant spiritual battle going on around us at all times. And, you know, these beings could be just emulating people and things that you've grown up with so that they can present themselves to you now as your loved one. And it's not really your loved one. It's a demon or a dark force, a dark spirit, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if you guys caught this or not tonight. There was a thing on, hang on, I got to get a drink real quick. My voice is a little better today. My nose is getting clogged again, but that's okay. And, um, I, uh, caught this thing on TV or on YouTube. I'm sorry, uh, about the, um, it was a couple days ago they put on, it was a UFO sighting that disappeared. The Navy had caught this UFO sighting hovering over the ocean and they watched it splash and go into the ocean and disappear. So this, it's just, it's just getting, there's just, guys, there's so many encounters. Anybody that doesn't believe in this stuff, you gotta get your, you know, your head out of your butt and start like looking at this stuff. A lot of people may not care, you know, like one day my dad said to me, you know, not to worry about this stuff. He said to just pray. And that was the other thing I wanted to tell you too. Uh, Tristan started praying that the, last night for me. And that was one thing that I told him. I said, just pray, you know, and he said, you know, I said almost in every encounter when somebody encounters an alien or a UFO or a dog man or a Bigfoot or anything, a rake, anything, if they start praying or using the name of Jesus, they disappear. So he started praying and I didn't have to tell him this because he already knew and he was fine after that. And so tonight he, he had the Bible on and, and, you know, we, I prayed a lot when I was at work. I prayed before work. I prayed while I was at work, you know, I, I pray a lot. So, um, but you know, the whole thing with prayer, it, it's just, it's so important. It really is. But these UFO sightings and stuff, they're picking up. The Bigfoot sightings are picking up. The Dogman sightings are picking up more and more. All these people that are coming out, credible people, you know, it, it's just, you got to start understanding that, you know, stuff's really going on. It's real. It's not a joke. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. It's real. It's real, guys. And we have to know in order to protect ourselves and our families. We have to know. And that's why there's a girl that's suing uh, the gov the government in, in California over it because she ran right smack in the uh, whole family of Bigfoot while walking with her daughters. And she felt very threatened and they were traumatized afterward. They have, they have that PTSD stuff now. So it's not a joke, you know. But my dad was like, you know, why don't you pray? You know, just keep praying to concentrate on God. I'm like, Dad, I do that. I do it all the time. But people still need to know. There's a lot of people out there that aren't saved yet that don't know about God or reject God. And they get in these situations. They have to know what's real. They have to know what's going on. They have to know how to protect themselves. Even people that are Christians, you know, they could be an, like, you know, these things could pull their arm through a, por a portal and pull these people through. And that's how they disappear so quick when they're in a group of people. And they kill them so quickly and on the spot that they don't even have a chance to pray or use the name of the Lord. They don't even have a chance. They don't even know what's going to happen to them. So, you know, we have to know what's going on, guys. You know, our government needs to be held accountable for this crap. I mean, this is craziness. And, you know, this is all Satan's boys. So it just, it really ticks me off. So I wanted to tell you guys that. That was what's going on, going on now. Um, I have some more things, you know. 
I, I could talk about now, but I'll I'll do another episode in a couple days. I, I want to get more into the um the hellhounds. I wanted to talk a little more about that. I didn't touch on that enough last episode. And wanted to talk to you guys. I wanted you you guys to I'll, I'll talk to you about another thing I wanted to bring up, but um that's all I'm gonna do for tonight. So you guys have a great night. You know, like I said, look up David Polites, Missing 411. Really get into David. Um, the one I was talking about, it was like How to Hunt. And it's with a guy named Steve. I think it's just called How to Hunt. And that's a good one on YouTube, too. He's great. Him and David Polites are actually friends, I think. They talk about each other very fondly. And um, there's some other ones. But if you have any questions or have any encounters, please hit me up, you guys. Just message me. Email me at in the dark 2021 at gmail.com and just send me your stories i'd love to hear them I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more stuff in and i have to try to keep a file here what's going on so i don't miss anything but um it's, it's uh just is what it is i guess just gotta stay safe god bless you guys take care i'll, I'll be talking to you soon